0: Vox Quick Hits.
1: This is Worldly, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Zach Beecham here with my co host, Alex Ward, and frequent guest host of Worldly, Jen Kirby, a Vox foreign correspondent. In our main episode, we talk about the situation in Myanmar, which has gotten really bad since a February coup by the military against a part military, part civilian government. And uh, since the coup, uh, the citizens of Myanmar have risen up against the military regime, protesting in large numbers, especially in the cities, uh, peacefully, and have been met increasingly with violence from the regime. At the same time, the pro-democracy movement has aligned itself with a series of militias that have been engaged in a long-running conflict with the Myanmar government. These militias represent a series of ethnic minorities uh, and generally call for autonomy from the central government. And so this means that the entire situation has taken on a a very scary edge, where you can imagine things going in the direction of a large-scale civil war, the government against pro-democracy movements and militias, very quickly. Uh, And that obviously would be catastrophic. Now, recently, the central government announced a ceasefire. You'd think that this is a positive development, but uh, Jen Kirby, uh, my sense and yours is that it's pretty phony on the government part.
2: Yeah, it seems like a a sort of an April Fool's Day ceasefire, if we shall, which went into effect April 1. It says the ceasefire is in effect For the month until April 30th, but that the Myanmar military can continue to respond to actions that, quote, disrupt the security and administration. So any sort of protest, I imagine, or any sort of uprising uh, would probably fall under that disruption category. So this seems to be a signal potentially to the international community, but um, not much more than that.
0: Yeah, you've had U.S. and Western countries and others basically say, like, we're very concerned about what's going on in Myanmar. We don't want the military to continue to kill protesters or basically bomb ethnic groups elsewhere in the country. And so for for the government to basically be like, oh, no, guys, uh, we're doing a ceasefire here. We don't want to kill anyone. It seems less internal and more external. As Jen rightly noted, I feel like as long as protesters continue to go out into Myanmar streets demanding, you know, the return of, of the quasi-democratic government, which they will continue to do, they've been doing so even despite being, you know, shot at and murdered... You'll continue to see the the level of violence that we've been witnessing for a while. So it felt good for a half second until you thought about it. Um, But this ceasefire is is really um, not a game changer in any way.
1: So if it's this obvious to us, I don't. What's the government's logic in proclaiming this? Right, like what they're not just doing this because they want to do it. Right, there's some kind of
2: reasoning. I think part of it is a way of framing the protests as by creating them in this category of sort of disruptors or threatening the security. It is an attempt to kind of take the sheen of sort of the pro-democracy resistance and make them more seem like agitators or, um, you know, kind of fomenters of unrest for the sake of unrest rather than having a a cause or a a reason behind it, which is opposing the coup that the military uh, conducted in February. And so, again, I I do think the logic is is pretty pretty flawed here. But, um, you know, the military is trying its hardest to kind of, shall we say, change the narrative.
0: The absolute most generous read, which I do not subscribe to, is that this is the military effectively trying to be like, hey, guys, let's stop the fighting. Like, Don't If you don't come at us, we won't come at you. And this is a a, a sort of language of peace offering. But of course, if the resistance ends, then what happens? Well, the military gets to stay in charge, um, which is what they want anyway. Uh, So it's hard to read this as, as maybe it's a Hail Mary pass. Like, hey, do you guys just want to quit it? Um, And, uh, you know, no one's going to agree to that. While also simultaneously, as we said, signaling to the international community. So it seems like there's a bit of a, logic train here, but not that—just because there's logic to something doesn't mean it's going to, uh, you know, like, like have beneficial effects.
1: Yeah, my, my own impulse, for what it's worth—this is not a thesis I'm fully confident in, but it's one that sort of tracks with the, the basics of the conflict in Myanmar—is that this was an attempt to split off the ethnic militias from the protest movement. There's a lot of actual internal tension between this newish alliance. Uh, The pro-democracy movement in Burma was led by Aung San Suu Kyi, who is currently detained and was recently charged of doing more serious crimes by the Myanmar government, charges that are almost certainly trumped up. But Suu Kyi uh, had a kind of ethno-nationalist appeal in addition to being uh, a supporter of democracy writ large, right? She largely catered to the Burman ethnic majority and generally uh, was not well viewed by many members of the minority constituencies who increasingly saw her, especially after she defended the government when it targeted the Rohingya minority group in a genocidal campaign, right? She defended the military's actions in that regard. And so it's not not a super reliable ally of the country's minorities. So you can try to imagine the government exploiting these internal tensions by saying, well, If we split off uh, our military activities against these militias and say, we're not going to do that right now, and then we can focus our effort on the peaceful protest movement, who we really want to suppress because they're in our heartland, then maybe that can work at separating these things. I doubt this will have much effect because everybody sees through the military's tactics, and there's a general sense that military rule would be bad for everybody. So even though there's internal tensions in the opposition to the military between these armed groups and the pro-democracy umbrella group, I still think that their shared interests in opposing military rule, which is even worse for minorities, would push them together under the inses. So if you want to understand more about what's going on beyond just like this immediate short-term ceasefire stuff, but the broader dynamics of a situation with the potential— To really spiral out of control in South and Southeast Asia and create an international and humanitarian crisis of tremendous proportions, go listen to our main podcast at Worldly, that's W-O-R-L-D-L-Y, and Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever podcast service you use, we're there. Uh, And go check us out.